So a couple days ago in Des Moines, Iowa, right? Mm -hmm. Middle of fucking nowhere. Who cares about (laughs) Iowa? (laughs) I'm just chilling in Cedar Rapids. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Trump had a rally. Yeah. Right? Right. We didn't fucking watch it. Not going to lie. I had no idea what was going on. But I did find like a really funny tidbit that came out of it. And it's really just he told his supporters not to vote in the midterms or in the 2024 election (laughs) until they get all this voter fraud business like sorted out. What a way to win elections. I must (laughs) That's what I'm saying. What a way to encourage voter participation. Just be like, don't vote. Don't vote. Just don't. Please don't vote at all. Like, realistically, I feel like he's literally just holding the Republican Party hostage. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, unless yeah, yeah. you guys do whatever I want, I'm going to get you not elected. Like, yeah, I wonder if they're going to, uh, like, the Republican Party is going to just bend to his will now. Facts. Well, I mean, they already have been, but if they're just going to be like, okay, we'll do whatever you want because we know that you will destroy our voter turnout <laughs> yeah, in the we'll midterms. extra do whatever you want. Extra. I saw some people say that if uh, if we keep the Senate in 2022, like, they don't win their midterms and shit and take the yeah. Senate back, that that's just Trump 2024, almost guaranteed why you know what i mean because then the republicans will just cave to whatever this dude wants at least for the republican nomination yeah because that'd be like two losses in a row for them exactly so they literally just have to cave also, for him or whoever he endorses at that same rally in iowa trump had chuck grassley come on stage oh my God. <laughs> 88 year old pro tem of the senate chuck grassley came on stage uh, i believe he has an election in 2022 and chuck grassley the guy who said that trump's actions during the insurrection were like really awful and that trump like lost the election chuck grassley voted to certify the election yada yada uh-huh. he accepted an endorsement from donald trump and said some <laughs> shit like he's like the best option for president and he's like I, I would love to endorse or accept this endorsement from president trump chuck grassley's like a bag of bones at this point is he gonna make it to the midterms <laughs> no <laughs> This dude's been around for a long time, though. Like, in the Senate for a long time? Yeah. What? Yeah, he's been in the Senate for a long time. I've literally never heard about him till now. Well, it's because he doesn't do anything. (laughs) He sits there and be old. He's just the oldest person of all time. Literally a dinosaur. Facts. Yeah. Bro's going to crumble like Thanos with the snap. He's just really representing what Iowa wants. Exactly. The wants and needs of Iowa. I really want him to be making decisions that he's never going to live to see the consequences of. Oh, for me. Trust me, he's doing it. Oh, it's true. He's doing it. He's representing not only Iowa, but all of the United States by just damning us for the rest of eternity. By just voting no on anything good. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. That's Chuck Grassley. Speaking of people that always want to vote no on everything good. Okay. (laughs) Welcome back to Head in the Office, and let's roll our intro. What's good? All right, y'all. Welcome back to Head in the Office. I hope you're excited for this episode. I hope you're having a splendid week, unlike us. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> unlike us two who are bogged down in homework, you consistently know. struggling, but still making the podcast. You know that college kid life. Yeah, yeah. You know, just trying to fund our college ventures and also <laughs> exactly. this incredible podcast. Uh, welcome back to Head in the Office. We got a big episode for you today. We're going to talk about the supply chain blockage, uh, some moderates fighting on the side of climate change to perpetuate climate change. Wow. Uh, we got a political crisis for the Democrats, kind of, but not kind really. Of, but same thing that's been going on literally all year. Yeah. We got to talk about some of the strikes that are going on across the country. Um, but first, make sure you know you check out the Patreon, check exactly. out the TikTok, check out the YouTube. First, we got to do a little shilling, you yeah. know, shameless yeah. plugs for ourselves. You know, check out the uh, the social medias. Give us a boost. We don't got any reviews to read today, but I want to remind you, 
Go to Apple, leave a review, support the show, five stars. We'll read it if you leave it. Literally say whatever. Yeah. Well, not whatever, but you know what I mean. No, you can say literally <laughs> anything. Okay. Any words we will repeat. <laughs> Ooh, within acceptable boundaries, exactly. of course. All right, let's get right into the news this week. So first up, we got to talk about the supply chain blockage, which we've actually been talking about for a long time. But this issue is so unattractive <laughs> that it's gotten like no media attention until now. Yeah, until because it, it absolutely has to get attention. It is right now gripping the testicles of Christmas sales. Oh, so people no. care about it deeply. <laughs> so last week, Joe Biden announced that the Port of Los Angeles is going to begin to operate 24-7 to alleviate the issues with the supply chain. Um, just so you all know for context, the Department of Labor just released a report that explained that the supply chain blockage has caused consumer prices to inflate and a nationwide slowdown in shipping times. Yes. So, you know, all like the suburban white women are pretty They're angry that their Amazon orders are going to take dude. longer than normal. Going to take maybe three days? Yeah. There's going to be a lot more pissing in bottles to get these to me. <laughs> no more expedited shipping. Oh, yeah. No. So these, these ports are operating 24-7 now. And just for a little bit more context, the Port of Los Angeles and the Port of Long Beach together handle about 40% of all containers that come into the United States. So almost half. Yeah. So Most of them. Right. Pretty much. A plurality. And now they're operating 24-7. Yeah. That's crazy. Rip. Rip to those workers. <laughs> like, how are they doing it? Because they're not hiring more people. And no. if they are, like, what are they hiring them at? Are they just making these people work doubles, like, every day? I could I mean, bros are working, like, the 95-hour work week. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, so kind of off that point, the supply chain blockage is caused by a couple of things. First, the pandemic disrupted business worldwide. That's unsurprising. It's called... It's caused slowdowns in just about every single industry. Yeah. We've known this for a long time. But second, the U.S. right now has a, master, a massive labor shortage, and so do other point, parts of the world, which means that those workers that are currently working in the ports are going to be overworked and even more. Naturally. More than they already have been. Naturally. Um, and lastly, a lot of the goods that are sold in the United States are not produced here, which, you know, if you know anything about the last, you know, 70 years you know of U.S. history. capital flight. <laughs> then you know that a lot of people's online orders come from other countries, which is why they're taking so long to get here. Yeah. Uh, which is why they may take so long to get here normally, but why it's going to be even longer now. Extra long. Yeah. So... In combination with those three things, we have now a massive supply chain blockage, which is being blamed completely on Joe Biden. Of course, which it is. is honestly, you know, we talk about this a lot, but it's it's just the result of capitalism. It is. It's you know, the result of capitalism. It's just and, consumerism and people thinking that the president has a lot of power, right? When they really don't have that much power. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, so, that's yeah. annoying. So like basically, prices. These workers are going to just be struggling. As, More as than Biden's they already are, to as like a port worker, as a manual laborer, yeah, uh -huh. like phys all this physical labor, dude, like you, your body can't sustain that. Yeah, exactly. And like th these supply chain slowdowns is not only happening in the United States; it's happening in other countries as well. But the thing is that in the United States, we have basically no worker protections whatsoever. Yeah. So the president can just be like, yep, we're working 24-7 now. Like imagine those workers that are just at the port already working 70 hours a week. Yeah. And their boss just tells them, like, yeah, the president says you're working forever now, Crazy. every single day, president every hour. president says you're working forever, but you can't quit because president said no unemployment. <laughs> True. <laughs> president said no COBRA benefits. Yeah, sorry. You're just, you're just literally That's fucked. a good way to get some voters on your side. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so the inflation at the beginning of Joe Biden's term was fairly normal, but now it's gotten to the point where companies are not able to keep up with the demand 
Uh, so the supply chain shortage is causing you know prices to increase mm-hmm. naturally. Uh, and to be completely fair, this isn't necessarily due to anything that Biden did. Like you can't point to a policy and say like Joe Biden is causing this. Yeah. But it is the result of global consumerism because that oh, you know yeah, that's what our economy is based off of. Classic. Classic. Yeah. yeah. But it's like fucking. Also, you got to remember that the inflation isn't just like shortages alone. It's also just extra costs yeah. incurred by all these companies with the shipping containers because we have to remember that they sent off shipping containers at one price and then yep. they had to come back like crazy expensive Mm -hmm. so much more expensive than they were before and that's why we have a shipping container shortage yeah and also like i don't know if anyone i don't know if there's been like images of this but i know there's been reporting that a lot of cargo ships are just sitting in the docks oh they are or they're just waiting to dock they've been like weeks there are cargo ships that anchor like for four weeks on average yeah they're just like sitting there chilling (laughs) waiting to be able to be offloaded but there isn't enough workers to do it so they just take forever. So then the solution is 24-7 ports. That's what I don't understand. And we'll get into this even more later. But why are we not attracting more workers by offering more benefits and more payment rather than just forcing, subjugating the current workers to work even Instead more? Instead of literally forcing them into slave labor. Like, why don't we subsidize <laughs> yes, their wages? Wage slavery. Like, this order from Joe Biden to keep the ports open 24-7 is evidence that these workers are essential for the functioning of our economy. Yeah. But instead of getting more workers by raising the minimum wage or adding more benefits to these positions or adding more off time to these positions so people aren't, you know, working all the time, we just make those that are currently working work even more, work even harder, take on even more stress to not only their mental health but also their physical health because it's manual labor. Oh, yeah. And, like, what do you think the end result is really going to be? Uh, The poor owners getting a lot of money. That and also the workers are just going to, like, die from exhaustion. Their bodies are literally going to crumble. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of workers' comp claims after this one. Yeah. So I have a quote here from a Vox article. It says, it's tempting to blame the pandemic alone for the current supply chain catastrophe. But in some ways, the pandemic merely exacerbated existing problems with global trade and exposed some new ones. What the pandemic did do was cause factories to shut down, usually because there weren't enough workers, and create shortages of products and components. Those shortages led to bottlenecks and delays in product manufacturing. If factories don't have the parts to build something, it doesn't get made and doesn't get shipped. As more shortages lead to more bottlenecks, the disruption causes problems in other parts of the supply chain, creating even more shortages, new delays, and higher prices. And the article also notes that some of this is a result of U.S. companies moving abroad for all of their manufacturing and outsourcing all of their processes and stuff. So... If you look at this, this issue, and you see that this is a result of globally nations treating their workers poorly, then you'll realize that capitalism is causing you to not get your PS5. But it's the most efficient system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This proves to God, me that this... Capitalism is clearly the most efficient system. Capitalism is the most efficient system that has absolutely no problems ever and is very rational. Yeah. No, 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 guys. You don't understand. If we subsidize the wages of these port workers... That would be anti-free market. Oh, because if we subsidize the wages that these workers get, then they're going to get lazy because they clearly already are. They're oh, not doing true. any work. That true. you know. Oh, okay. That's okay. why the supply chain block supply chain blockage is happening is because these workers are too lazy. Yeah, it's because it's because your local restaurant is short staffed by a cook <laughs> and two waitresses. Yeah, <laughs> it's because the workers at these ports just aren't trying hard enough. Yeah, a thousand percent. So we should take money away. Oh, as an incentive true. for them to work harder. Exactly. 
And then if we take unemployment benefits away, they just can't not work. Oh, exactly. Because if they don't work, they actually die. Yeah. And it, so do their children so because they don't have a health insurance plan. <laughs> Even though their children did nothing wrong. Wow. That's actually a really good idea. I love the free, mar- free market great. solutions over here. Uh, anyway, you may be asking, what's the conservative response to this? Because Ooh. I know all of our listeners deeply care about how conservatives react to every issue that pops up, as do we. We do. We do. So the conservative response is... Joe Biden is ruining Christmas. Bro, <laughs> Joe Biden is the Antichrist. Joe Bi- like everything, every single issue that happens for the right just boils into a fucking culture war. Especially like around now when we have yeah. the Christmas war, the yeah. happy holidays versus Merry Christmas. Yeah. Because- Can't wait to see that classic Dennis Prager video come back. <laughs> yeah, because they can point to an exact policy. Where Joe Biden is saying that we need to block the supply chain so that Christmas fails. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like this is so anti-Christian. It's it's the exact same as like critical race theory, Dr. Seuss, the Captain America stuff, the new yeah. Superman comic oh where he's God. bisexual. Like it's it's all the same arguments. It's just it's just the, the culture like just things that don't matter. Mixed with a little bit of Christian persecution complex. Yeah. yeah. You know, if if like even if the supply chain was slowing down because we were actually prioritizing workers, I'm okay with Christmas being a little less abundant yeah. if that means people are not starving on Christmas morning. Literally. Like literally. that's fine with me. It's it's literally a Christmas carol. <laughs> like, exactly. Come on. Um so my biggest criticism here to this whole the coverage of this whole situation is that not a lick of this coverage from the media is focused on workers whatsoever. Oh, yeah. It still accepts the conservative framing that Joe Biden is ruining Christmas in one way or another. Right. I mean, and it's it's focusing on the large scale supply chain issue, which like is the issue at hand. But none of it is focusing on why these workers are not as efficient as they may have been previously mm-hmm. under non-pandemic conditions. And that is because the market, the, the free market that they love, has necessitated that workers are not working these port jobs anymore yeah. because it's not worth it. Exactly. So they have a shortage of workers and the pandemic has caused all kinds of issues. So, of course, there's going to be a supply chain block. But nobody focuses on the actual conditions that workers are being exposed to conservatives loves to say if you don't like your job then just leave and go get another one (laughs) but then when they do (laughs) when they don't work your shitty fucking job anymore they whine to the government right and the government fixes it by mandating slavery yeah then yeah then when you actually leave the job then they're like wait you weren't supposed to do that you're acting (laughs) entitled you're being a child yeah you're being lazy right (laughs) you're being lazy it's it's a lose-lose situation you complain about your job when you're in it because you're not getting enough Suddenly you're you're lazy and entitled. But then if you leave, you're also lazy and entitled. Like, what do they want? You're so fucking lazy that you don't want to do backbreaking work on a triple shift day in, day out. <laughs> yeah. No weekends, no breaks. While your manager sits up in his office doing nothing at all. Exactly. While dude's like writing on a piece of paper. Yeah. Just kind of like writing down, oh, this ship came in. Okay, they're out now. That's yep. it. That's mm-hmm. it. And bro's mm-hmm. making bank. Anybody could do that. Well, your back is literally breaking. Oh, my God. Yeah. And none of this focuses at all on how the workers at these ports are the only reason that the U.S. consumerist economy can function at all. Yeah. Like, everyone is so worried about if they can engage in their yearly annual consumerism around Christmas and Thanksgiving time, while nobody stops to think for a minute why they are actually able to do that. Yeah. And it's not because of, like, 
it's not even because like the U.S. government oversees like the ports that are uh, oversees the port functioning or anything. Uh-huh. It's not because the managers are making them function. It's because the workers that unload all the ships at these ports and then get in the trucks and drive all the content around the country to the different states and the wherever they need to be delivered. Drivers, yeah, nobody focuses haulers. on the fact that the workers are the only reason that people can actually consume. During the holiday season, this same the same thing happened. I think like when the pandemic first started, with like the yeah. worry that interstate travel would be banned, so we couldn't have like long haul truckers going around getting these goods everywhere. Right, like it's the same thing, different font. You know what I mean? Right, and it obfuscates the fact that like, sure, you being able to buy what you want is important, but what about the people that are doing backbreaking work to deliver the goods that you have bought? Exactly, and that brings the us framing to the... is always on the consumer and never on the people that are like dying to produce. Yeah, yeah. It, it even you can take a step further and just look at the larger framing and how this all points to the exploitation of the global south mm-hmm. and things like that mm-hmm. and how that perpetuates the consumerist economy. We can point to sweatshops overseas. Like, why are we outsourcing? Yeah. Why have we hit this problem? Yeah. It's because of lax labor laws overseas and the literal sweatshop and like slave conditions over there. Right. The the goods that are manufactured just because something is made in the USA doesn't mean that it's made ethically in the USA. It's not most of the time. Most of the time it's not. LA conditions in LA like factories are akin to those of sweatshops. Yeah. Like it's actually horrible here too. Not even to mention that the narrative here, like we we've been talking about a, a corporate tax rate. Yeah. The narrative here is that like we need to keep it competitive when it's not competitive to begin. Like what not competition is happening within the United States for corporations? It's all fake. And none of it's real. It's all fake. Right. They just go overseas, have children do their labor or like people like Elon Musk make all their money off of children in emerald mines. Literally. And then like they just come back and sell you shit that doesn't matter for the holidays what and you're it? happy about it. Fucking Nesquik, like the chocolate milk company and shit. <laughs> yeah. Literal child labor. Mm-hmm. Like they, the Supreme Court, what was the ruling? It was a couple months ago, ruled like they literally yeah, were hiring contractors who were subcontracting to people who used literal child labor, like yeah. illegal slave child labor and yep. shit. And then the Supreme Court ruled, ah, they didn't know. So it's okay. Yeah, they don't need to face any consequences. There's no this. way they could have known. You know, their money wasn't going towards the direct material harm of these children. How could they have not known? <laughs> no, <laughs> Literally, they, they how knew. could they have not they known? They thousand percent knew. knew. They knew. It's the same as these like defense contractors. Like when the U.S. just like yeah. <laughs> gives like militia groups <laughs> money to go and kill innocent people in the Middle East. Like they know. It's like I wonder. I wonder why the Supreme Court ruled that way. I wonder if there's any certain political leaning on the Supreme Court right now. No, no, no. It's a biased body, Gage. How dare you question the integrity of the Supreme Court? Yeah, it's an unbiased body. We love the Supreme Court. How dare you question my favorite American institution? (laughs) So true. Longtime (laughs) listeners know we love the Supreme Court. Oh yeah. yeah. If you just go back like what five episodes, (laughs) there's no there's no episode that's dedicated to how much we love the Supreme Court. (laughs) There's no episode titled "Scotus Wants You to Be Homeless." Yeah, that was a mistake. It should have been titled "Scotus Doesn't Want You to Be Homeless." Oh yeah, because they care about your material well-being they they love abstract liberalism and they want you to have to work hard for your home that's it they're helping you <laughs> yeah, they want to coerce you into the workplace by saying <laughs> exactly. if you don't work for a job that you don't care about that barely pays you anything you're probably gonna die being homeless whoa, whoa, whoa. it's not coerced though it's a choice oh yeah, it yeah is, it's uh, a choice work or die <laughs> is a choice it's passionately encouraged <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. And then this kind of this criticism also extends to the fact that like Biden is limited to what he can do to alleviate this issue because it's you yeah. know it's about consumerism. It's a global issue. As He's well. limited. To, well, not only because it's a global issue, but because as president, 
he has to ensure, well, any politician has to ensure that the economy survives under capitalism. <laughs> I wouldn't say any politician, considering what happened last week, considering Mitch McConnell last week or two weeks ago, Mitch McConnell saying, yeah, we're just not going to raise the debt ceiling. Well, if you don't do here's this. the thing, though, is that they only have to protect the economy insofar as they protect capital. Yeah. Because like the optics, like if they I mean, if the debt ceiling like didn't raise, like, sure, like the economy crumbles. But who's really going to take on the brunt of that pain? Us. Yeah. The working class, like workers, low, low wage people, middle class people. Exactly. But the politicians can only do so much about these large scale issues because they still have to protect capital. Mm -hmm. So while people are demanding, you know, the president does something to solve, whether it's supply chain issues or climate change or low wages, whatever. They can only solve the issue insofar as it doesn't hurt capitalists because they exactly. rely on capitalists for the exactly. state to exist. And Ronald yeah. Reagan just pushed that so much further, just infesting the minds of every American with trickle-down economics. <laughs> right. Just yeah, simping exactly. for your corporate overlords. Like, people be talking about how like Joe Biden's going to like destroy the country or like Democrats are going to destroy the economy. Like The economy's been destroyed for the yeah. last 40 fucking years. It's been destroyed forever and Ronald Reagan did it. Like The Great, the great Reset happened already. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's, it's ridiculous. What, so I guess my last question on this would be, what impact do you think this whole supply chain thing, especially like around Christmas, is going to have on public opinion going forward? <laughs> exactly what it's intended to. I feel like it's just another another talking point for the midterms next year that's going to hurt Democrats. Yeah. Like, I probably. don't really see this going any other way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. It's it's hard to tell, I guess, because I mean, our our predictions on public opinion have been wrong before, <laughs> True. like about Afghanistan and stuff. <laughs> but I like I just I don't know. The mo the news moves so fast. The media moves so fast. They always cover things like in the wrong way. Their framing is always atrocious, which is kind of like the theme of this episode, mm -hmm. honestly. So it's it's hard to tell if this is really going to matter, but I could guess that a lot of like the suburban white moms are going to be pretty mad. Oh, they're going to care if, a lot. If they perceive Joe Biden to have somehow messed up the orders that they made for the Christmas holiday. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just all it's kind of like just culture war at that point. But like, I don't yeah, know, because they're not going to care about the working conditions for the poor workers. Yeah. Like everybody should. Yeah. And speaking of, actually, there's been like, um, I don't know if, if listeners have been paying attention to this, but there's been a whole bunch of like labor union strikes pop up. Big labor movement Throughout right the countries oh, or yeah. throughout the country. Um, and one of the like, it's kind of just a logical extension of what's going on with the ports. Because if I was a port worker, I, I'm not working well, 95 hours a week. Unionized, baby. Yeah. I'd be in there. Yeah, exactly. Like there's, there's no shot that I'm working 95. Like you're crazy. Yeah, literally. Like, and I mean, like. Like, like I said, these port workers are the reason that the U.S. economy can survive at all because we rely on overseas production for just about everything in our they economy. They should be banking. Exactly. If, if the, free, the free market is supposed to dictate, like, what's needed, you know yeah. what I mean? And what's needed is supposed to be getting paid the most. Like, they should be banking. Janitors should be banking. Sanitation workers should be banking. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But instead, Ben Shapiro. <laughs> ben Shapiro makes more than these people. But instead, Ben, my wife sleeps in another room, Shapiro. <laughs> exactly. No, but like if, uh, I don't know if uh, listeners have been paying much attention, but like we talked about the IATSE strike that happened or that yeah. was authorized a few weeks ago that may or may not be happening still. Um, John Deere workers are about to start striking or maybe already have. Uh, yeah, I don't know the details on yeah. that one, but like specifically like what John Deere was doing, they're trying to get rid of pensions for new employees yeah. and also cut other benefits. The same thing that Kellogg is doing. I don't know if we talked about the Kellogg strike on the last episode, but workers in four states are about to go on strike because there's like two tiers of Kellogg's worker. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. This is all off the dome. You know what I mean? Okay. There are two tiers of Kellogg's worker. One is paid like $10 less than the other. And like the B tier, they're trying to cut more benefits, completely cut the pensions for any new worker that signs on. Mm-hmm. So how Kellogg is trying to frame it to their current employees is, look, 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 this doesn't really affect you. It'll just affect literally anyone else that comes into this plant. Right. And they're like, no, this is actually just bullshit. Yeah. So that's what's going on with Kellogg. And then at least with IATSE, last night, well, Saturday night, if you're not a you know Patreon subscriber listening to this early, <laughs> yeah. Saturday night, um, IATSE and the producers thing or whatever the fuck, like the, yeah, the guys yeah. are fighting against, reached an agreement. And it's to be ratified this week. Like mm-hmm. the vote to ratify is going to be this week. And what they reached in the agreement is kind of controversial within the IATSE people. Because they've they've got ten hour breaks, like mandatory ten hour breaks between shifts. That's putrid. So, That's not enough time to like so go fourteen home hour eat. days. Yeah. What? Yeah. Fourteen hour days, and they got lunch breaks. Yeah, and they're getting paid what dirt cheap. Yeah, dirt the, nothing. It's, most of this is California, and this only applies to I think the California people. Yeah. Because it mentioned in the article that I was reading that everyone else like around the country has to come up with their own agreement. Yeah. Has to do their own thing, do their own fighting. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a, it's a isn't it an international um, union? That's what I thought. I think the I stands for international, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. But apparently, people in like other states are gonna have to do their own bargaining. That's so dumb. Yeah, they got um fifty six hour weekends, which is just like a standard fucking weekend. Like, why do why do we have to fight for that? Right. Why we got I thought I thought unions already fought for the weekend before. Yeah, I thought we handled that in like the forties. Yeah, come on now. And then they got their wages, minimum wage increased from fifteen to twenty dollars an hour. That's not enough for California. Though. Literally not at all, especially like, considering the areas that like movie studios film in. Yeah. Super expensive, right? You're not living where you work. Mm-mm. This is besides the fact that they're already gig workers. Yep. Like people in IATSE are gig workers. They're hired, they gotta go around, no consistency whatsoever. Yeah. Year over year. They've gotta commute like two hours, hour, two hours to set. You know how California traffic is. Yeah. Living in a shitty area yeah, for the, twenty dollars an hour. The money they're getting paid turns to dust faster than Chuck Grassley. <laughs> oh, no. Literally. Like that's how bad it is. Like you think you think Chuck Grassley is bad? That dude's a pile of dirt. Just wait till you get paid twenty dollars an hour, then have to drive two hours, maybe longer, because of like yeah. California traffic back and then spend it on food and then wake up in the morning and then have to do the same thing. It's again. like you you work a fourteen hour day on set. You gotta drive back home, drive an hour back home. Right, hour now home, you got nine hours hour left. to set. Now you got eight hours left. You got eight hours left to sleep. That's no time to eat. To sleep, eat, relax, have a social life. Yeah, relax, relax while you sleep. Mm-hmm. Socialize in your dreams. That's literally <laughs> yeah. fucking it. And you get a lunch break. Yeah. Instead. So some and, people are saying that they're not going to vote to ratify the agreement. Yeah. And I said power to them. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> like if, if it's not enough and your labor union is a democratic organization, which it should be, you know, it's an uh-huh. attempt to instill democracy in the workplace, then absolutely you should vote no if it's not enough. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. Like, this is just evidence of how far right the Overton window is skewed in this country because we look at these labor movements and we're like, wow, they're making so much progress when they are asking for literally crumbs. Bare minimum. They're asking to just still come to work, be subjugated to the same working conditions, but just have a little bit more of a break and get paid a little bit more. Yeah, you're break i guess it's your car ride home right and like think about the institutional protections that these unions are actually offered it's basically nothing Mm -hmm. like the pro act in congress which was like a union bill didn't pass like it's still not (laughs) law yeah there's a bunch of stuff in congress that's not passing right now we'll talk about that in a little bit but like like the the actual government or state assistance that these union get these unions get it varies from from state to state but it's basically nothing 
Like oh, yeah. the the corporation or the company or the capitalist has all of the power in this equation. Dog shit, if you will. Yeah. However, I will say with these IATSE strikes, what is it? Ninety percent of all like members in the union voted. Yeah. For the strike authorization, overwhelmingly supported. And then yeah. within that ninety percent that voted, ninety eight percent voted to authorize the strike. Yep. So they definitely have a little bit more power. Yeah. Than your regular labor union right now. So I say renegotiate it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen throughout the country that because of the pandemic and unemployment benefits and all this kind of stuff, like workers are starting to realize their worth in the workplace, mm-hmm. realize that the only reason that the company they work for survives is because of them. Yeah. So they are starting to understand that they can demand more. They don't have to act as actual slaves in the workplace mm-hmm. just to survive day to day. And it's good to see all these unions popping up and doing strikes. And we've talked about strikes on the pod before. Strikes are not the end goal, but it's good to yeah. see them happening. Fire. Especially under the current organization of the economy. Um, so more strikes, more strikes, the better, I would say, at exactly. this moment in time. So I'm happy to see it. And especially right now. Especially yeah. right now with all the dire conditions in the pandemic. Like yeah. businesses are already hurting. Make them hurt more. Oh yeah. The only way to the only way to get to what you want is to hit them in the pockets. And especially yeah. with the IAT strike, I will say like it's not like it's an essential service. It's not like there could potentially be harm to the economy if mm-hmm. Mando season three isn't comes out a month later. Yeah, bro, you know I'll be I mean? pretty pissed though. I'll be I'll be not pretty, at the workers. I'll be pretty upset. Not at the workers. Yeah, no. I'll just be kind of sad that Mando season three is a little late. But like, I'd rather people be paid livable wages and not have to starve. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that with Apple on like one of the other episodes. Yeah. Like, if I don't get an iPhone every year, that's fine. Exactly. As literally, I mean, as long as people aren't killing themselves because of their job, the that's standard okay. is good enough right, right now. Exactly. That I'm okay. Okay, with people and being paid more. We talk about a lot of like doomer shit on the pod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we can be cynical sometimes, but it is uh if you are listening to the pod and you feel like sometimes the news that we give is very sad, it is a really good sign that workers are standing up to their employers across the country. Mm-hmm. It is a sign of progress. It's a sign that capitalism is not insurmountable, that you can't not f- or that you can't fight back against the current existing organization of our economy like you can push back and if you uh push in unison and you you know organize around one goal with your coworkers, then you can get a lot of stuff done and that's a truth that we've known but one that hasn't really been actualized at least in our lifetime has been actualized because of the insane amount of anti-union propaganda we are just shoved every day what's the percent like 10 percent of the american workforce is unionized it's something stupid it's like, like that. something you can't even compare it to other countries that actually have union that actually have union protections in their law yeah i mean like this strike activity going on right now is the largest it's been in a while but yeah. like that's not a high bar in 2010 <laughs> yeah, exactly. in, in the 2010s strike activity was nearly zero mm-hmm. like i don't know guys it's good to see though it's a good sign but like still bad circumstances overall yeah, I mean, There's yeah. There's been a hopeful news in a while, though. I, yeah, I, the the conditions that people have been exposed to have just been accelerated to a worse degree. Yeah. But I think that's made a lot of people realize that, like, what, like, I don't, like, why am I holding up the economy when it doesn't work for me in any in, in any way? And Literally, that's what these port workers yeah. should also realize. Like, if the economy doesn't work for you, why are you working for it? Yeah, port workers, fuck around a strike. Yeah. I can wait a week for my yeah. Amazon package to come in. Piss off all the white suburban moms with blonde hair. Like, yeah. I don't care. Fuck on a strike. They will pay you more. They literally have to. <laughs> exactly. Make the government subsidize your wages. Yeah, exactly. Come on now. Exactly. So the next bit of news isn't necessarily big news, but it's this putrid article that's just all about pandering to Joe Manchin that I wanted to talk about. You know, we love talking shit about Joe Manchin <laughs> and Kirsten Cinema every single week. It, it kind of goes in line with exactly what we were talking about before with how far right the narrative is just by mm-hmm. default. So this article is titled, To Woo Manchin, 
Dems should okay climate funds for coal and gas plants. Climate funds. <laughs> climate funds. That's literally anti-climate. Exactly. It's, it, it's just literally anti-climate. They should... Oh, I can't. I literally can't I'm with these die. corporate fucking shills. Yeah. What do you... I was going to say, what do you have to gain from this? But clearly they have a lot to gain from this monetarily. It feels like Joe Manchin's son just authored an article and the CNN (laughs) CNN just put it on, just put it up. You know what I'm saying? He ghost the article. (laughs) Yeah. So this article basically outlines how Joe Manchin refuses to vote for provisions that are as strict as the ones that are currently in the reconciliation bill that, you know, go to prevent against climate change and that Democrats should leave coal and gas plants alone. If they meet certain like That's climate standards, the issue, right? But here's here's the climate standards: is that the the plan proposed would allow companies that are coal and gas plants that capture that have carbon capture technology to qualify as companies that are also meeting renewable energy standards. What? So the way that the plan is set up is basically that if you don't meet certain renewable energy standards, there are taxes imposed on you yeah. for not doing that. Right? That's I mean, it's a free market approach, very basic. And under this proposed plan, coal and gas companies would qualify to reach those standards if they have carbon capture technology. So they'd be treated the same as a renewable company. So not only are they dodging the carbon tax, they're getting like sustainable treatment. Yes. They, I mean, I don't know if you get subsidies if you like qualify under like a renewable company according with the Democrats plan. But yeah, you get treated, you get all the benefits that come along with being considered a company that uses renewable energy. On top of dodging the fucking carbon tax. Yes. On yes. top of all the subsidies yes. that oil and gas already get from the government because right. it's not a profitable industry. Yeah. It's literally not profitable to be run like within the free market. They only survive off of subsidies. 90, no, 80% of energy subsidies go to like fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> With the actual yeah. fuck, dude. I'm I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. Who is he representing? West Virginians, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, brother. Dude, it's like West Virginia. I think they're only the second like top manufacturer of coal, like statewide. Oh, they're not even good enough. They're not even number <laughs> West one Virginia's anymore. Virginia's straight up the worst state. Holy <laughs> yeah, shit. They can't even. They're not good at anything. Yeah. Yeah. Mid-state. Yeah. The Democrats plan, the one that I mentioned about imposing fines on companies that don't follow renewable energy standards, it's a free market approach. Like it's <laughs> it's not forcing companies. It's not saying that unless you do this, we're going to dissolve your company. It's a suggestion. Like wealthy corporations can just dodge it anyway. Yeah. Like even if they don't have carbon capture technology, they can just be like, okay, give us the fine. We'll survive. We'll just eat the fine because you're paying for it anyway mm-hmm. because you pay for us to function. Middle class taxes, by the way, baby. That's right. Um, and Mansion cannot even get on board with that part of the plan. <laughs> and Why? this article is just all about how Why? we should pander to Joe Mansion to allow coal and gas companies to continue to pollute the environment if they have this one specific kind of technology. What? And that's the thing. It's like this is the part of the narrative that pisses me off is because it's not even like allowing these corporations to continue doing what they're doing. They can do that anyway. It's just imposing greater fines on them so that we can redirect those funds to go towards more climate activist action. 
But we can't even do that. Fines aren't a punishment for Fortune 500 companies. Exactly. Fine, just like how fines aren't a punishment for rich people. Yeah, they you know break the I mean? speeding limit or something. Exactly. It's the it's a fucking quote. If the punishment for breaking the law is a fine, then it only affects poor people. Yeah, the law is only for poor people. Yeah, except, I mean, there are no poor oil and gas. Mom it's and just pop's mom oil and gas company. <laughs> yeah, your mom and pop coal mine around the corner. <laughs> but like, it just doesn't affect anybody. It's yeah. not anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, environmental groups have spoken out about this proposal and said that it's not actually going to do much to solve pollution problems and only prolongs the use of fossil fuels. Literally. Yeah. Like you are giving them like renewable status. You are giving these plants renewable status. Yeah. I, uh, it, it would treat them the same in the eyes of the law. Like, I don't know. Like, I know we're reiterating this a lot, but I, I cannot fathom how this would even be an idea. Like, how can we treat coal and gas plants, the people that we have identified as part of the problem that has uh, contributed to climate change, how can we treat them the same as the end that we are trying to meet to save the fucking planet? It, and it's it's one fucking guy. It's also literally just one fucking guy that's standing in the way it's of baffling. everything. Like, like I, he, I can't actually evil. It. He's literally killing people. I I, I can't comprehend. I, like the stupidity of this proposal is just baffling, and the fact that it's coming from CNN, an actual news outlet, that is saying this shit. Like it's, <laughs> I, it pisses me off so much because, and I wanted to bring this all up because the article frames this issue in a way that highlights Joe Manchin's power in this situation, his grift. Literally the most powerful man in the world right now. And I'm so sick of it. I'm so because like journalists frame this issue and like the issue of Joe Manchin in general as mm-hmm. like how Democrats can get Joe Manchin or what they need to get to Joe Manchin on their side or what they need to do to get Joe Manchin on their oh, side. And Democrats do that. Right. And then Joe Manchin's not on their side. Right. And they then frame, he goes even further. They frame it like that instead of framing it like Joe Manchin is willing to let the planet die to protect his son's coal company. <laughs> because that's what's happening. In fact, to protect his son's coal company, to protect his investments in his son's coal company, mm-hmm. to protect his position when he's no longer a senator come 2024 and he goes to work in his coal company because it's not his son's at all. He built it. Yeah. Like, that, oh, but it's it's okay that he's the chair of the Natural Resource and Energy Commission. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't understand. I, I cannot fathom why it's being framed as Democrats need to get Joe Manchin on their side. Here's how you can get the centrist, moderate senator. Like, no, he is willing to let the planet die to protect corporate profits. That is what he is doing. He's not some, like, hero moderate. He's not some person that's, like, fighting for both sides or to preserve unity in Congress. He just wants to protect his He's own literally villain because everyone hates him. Yeah. Like, everybody hates him right now. Democrats hate him. Yeah. Conservatives will always hate him. They make fun of him. They bully him uh-huh. in private. Like, yeah. In public, too, and he doesn't care. Yeah, and here's the thing, is that any number, any one of the senators could do the exact same grift that Manchin and Cinema are doing. Uh-huh. Like, Bernie Sanders could say, oh, the reconciliation package doesn't include free college education and Medicare. I'm not voting for it. He could do that. He could He could do that. But he's not doing it because he's not a fucking idiot. Exactly. He's <laughs> like, not going to hold up things that are going to help people as well. He recognizes that there's a lot within both the infrastructure bill and the reconciliation package that not only align with his views, but are the agenda of the larger Democratic Party. Yeah. So he's not going to destroy that because there's some, or maybe a lot of things missing that he wants in. He's going to find another opportunity. But instead, Joe Manchin's willing to literally let the planet die if it means that he can, one, appear as a centrist, moderate, cool guy, and also, two, protect his son's profits, which are also, funny enough, his own profits. Because that's literally all it is. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe there's a hidden component to it. Maybe he's just got a degradation kink. 
Okay, how so? Go on. Maybe he just loves to hear everyone talking shit about him. He's in his houseboat. <laughs> he's in his shower. <laughs> he's got his belt tied around his neck in the shower, just jerking off, listening to, like, fucking oh. us. It's <laughs> us making fun he's of him. He's got in the office he's on. Like, oh, yeah, baby. He's one of our almost. He's one of our fucking evil. He's one of our almost 100 consistent listeners. (laughs) Yeah, literally, literally, it's him. Bro, that is the only reality that I will accept and say. You know what, Joe Biden? I understand why you're doing this. Exactly. Or not Joe Biden, Joe Manchin. I understand why you're doing this. It's just a degradation. That is the only reality I'm okay with. Anything else is unacceptable. We don't kink shame here on Head in the Office, (laughs) so I guess we're gonna have to stop talking about Joe now. No, no, no. Well, we can keep talking about Joe because he likes it. Oh, true, true. And then we'll just kindly suggest that he actually passes the reconciliation bill but we can keep up our exactly. act we can keep up our end of the bargain <laughs> instead of making fun of him maybe we'll just suggest these things Ooh. but it's hard not to make fun of him maybe we can be the ones that strike a deal with joe manchin when no one else could oh it's like that one like random like mexican meme account that negotiated with the <laughs> taliban <laughs> to get the embassy yeah. free. that was crazy by Thanks. the way that could be us that, that could be, be us, us one we day could, we could negotiate with the true terrorist joe manchin <laughs> kirsten cinema exactly speaking of kirsten cinema uh don't you, you got some stuff here you know kirsten we can't cinema? bring up you can't, no we can't talk about him without bringing up his partner in crime for what is a coal baron without their manic pixie dream girl sidekick <laughs> That, you know, that's a dynamic duo. You know what I you mean? You can't have one without the other. It's a match made in heaven. An unlikely pair. One would say enemies to lovers, maybe. Oh. You know? You know? You know, maybe you can convince me. <laughs> maybe I can. But anyway, some new FEC filings just dropped. And if you don't know what the FEC is, it's the Federal Elections Commission. Yep. Just to make sure that everybody's like, you know, spick and span with their campaign finance things. Naturally. Naturally. You know how it goes. And so in these new FEC filings, Mother Jones reported that Kirsten has been receiving maxed out campaign contributions from some hog ass motherfuckers. Maxed out isn't what's the max? Two thousand? Uh, two thousand nine hundred dollars per individual and like five thousand six hundred over a two year period. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It sounds about right. Something like that. So donations include, but are not limited to, a bunch of private equity CEOs, as well as other big business owners. And one guy that they specifically highlighted in the article who maxed out his contribution has also been known to give over $400,000 to the Senate Leadership Fund. Do you know what the Senate- Isn't that Mitch McConnell's? That's Mitch McConnell's fund. Yeah. Yeah. The same people that are funding Turtle Mitch McConnell- are also funding Kirsten Cinema. Jesus Christ. Just so follow like, the money and you'll figure out what's going on here, people. that doesn't tell you where her allegiances really stand, I don't know what does. No, like the, one of the best ways you can determine the, I don't know, account, not accountability, but the uh, integrity of a politician yeah. is where their money streams come from. 100%. And for most like, you know, Kamala Harris type Democrats... It's coming from shady places, mm-hmm. but like it's already well known. Like you know where she's getting like insurance companies, et cetera, exactly. et cetera. But with cinema, it's straight up coming from the ops. <laughs> <laughs> like her money's her money's straight up coming from the ops. Her and Mitch McConnell, one in the same. At like if point, you look at their FEC filings, they are one in the same. Right, you couldn't tell them apart. Insurance, if, these guys, private equity. Mm-hmm. If, if I handed you two sheets of paper that broke down like expenditures coming from other organizations into the pockets <laughs> of these politicians, they'd be literally the same. If we handed you these two papers, you could not tell the bisexual woman who wears mint green wigs to Congress <laughs> from the fucking white guy. Yeah, the actual demon. Like the old ass demon white guy. You couldn't tell. Mm-mm. 
those two types of people are not usually compatible. That is crazy. And I, I expect that more of this kind of information will flare up around the election for 2022, which is in like <sighs> one short year. Yeah, that's so, going to be an exciting That'll time. be fun. That'll be an exciting <laughs> news cycle for us. But um, moreover, when was the last time that Republicans like Mitt Romney or Marco Rubio were in the news or even like Mitch McConnell? Never. Never. They have they, not they been there for anymore. months. It's all been Kirsten and fucking Joe. They really, I can't even think of a time when Mitch McConnell, or not Mitch McConnell, uh, Mitt Romney, Marco Rubio, or really any of like the average hogs were in the news since like Donald Trump was elected, really. Yeah, sometimes I see a tweet from Like Mitt Ted Romney. Cruz, I guess, gets in the news sometimes. Like but when he, he flees to Cancun, when Texas is it, literally though. exploding. That's it. Other than that, he's getting in fights with AOC on Twitter. Yeah. Like business as usual. Right. You know what I mean? But ever since uh, the Democrats took the Senate and maintain the house and joe biden was in office it's all been these stupid moderates who stop yeah. everything from happening they are i say this to say that they are the best conservatives in congress right now <laughs> <laughs> no yeah you're, right. you're they, right they are like just look at who's funding them yeah they're doing mitch mcconnell's job that's that's simply it and then if we go back to the man of the hour joe manchin you don't even <laughs> need to think for a second that info didn't drop on this fucking idiot mm -hmm. you know what i mean in the third quarter of this year alone, Mr. Manchin received $400,000 from oil and gas. Like combined different companies? Yeah. That's crazy. Why does he even need that? He, he'd literally do this agenda without receiving that money as well. He has his own fucking company. Mm -hmm. The stupidly named Enter Systems. Yeah. <laughs> and see, the thing is that these, this $400,000 goes directly into his either his re-election bid or he can send this money to another politician and they yeah. can use it for their re-election bid. Literally. Because like, there is restrictions on what you can do with this money. Like, it can't just go into your pocket, your personal bank account. Well, yeah, I, well. <laughs> theoretically, it's not supposed to. <laughs> Supposedly, it right. can't. Supposedly, it can't. I mean, he's making money in all those sorts of ways. But like this $400, right? Hypothetically, it's supposed to just go towards election purposes. Mm -hmm. But if you just have access to, I mean, seemingly infinite money. From oil and yeah. gas companies. Of course, once you get reelected, you're going to represent the interests of not the people that elected you, but of oil and gas companies. And, you know, you know, election election purposes can be a wide variety of things. Yeah, it's, it's vague. Like right now, we have Kirsten Cinema in Europe just dropped a thousand dollars at a winery. And wrote it all off as like a fundraising expense. Yeah, Donald Trump wrote off his hair as, a, <laughs> as like a tax exempt kind of thing. His shitty I don't, fucking hair. I don't know if that was like a uh, an election thing, but I think I, that it was, was a, a tax It was exemption. a business thing. Yeah. It was a business expense to keep up appearances. It's like $70,000 a celebrity. <laughs> but the hair is so fucking ugly. He's paying $70,000 yeah, a year. Bad, anyway. anyway. Get waves. Waves. <laughs> get waves. Yeah, get, get waves. Get waves. But notably, amongst donors for Joe Manchin, we have Kelsey Warren, which is the co-founder of Energy Transfer Partners, which is another stupid fucking name for these like evil companies. Like, I don't get it, bro. We came up with a better name for a podcast. Literally, several actually. That several didn't, that didn't pan out. That's true, but maybe one day you'll get to figure Head out. Head in what the those office, were, though. That one worked office, out. That's where we are. But anyways, this chick, she is responsible for hosting a fundraiser for Trump, as well as personally donating over thirteen million dollars to help conservative causes. Okay, like if you can look at this and just say like, yeah, our elections process is fair. You're literally delusional. I yeah. wish I could live in the same delusional world that you do. It's like we've talked about this before. Voting with your dollar. Okay, the people who have more money get more votes. Exactly. They just are more democracy than you are. Yeah. What the fuck they, is that? They get more of a consideration. Like they can just on a whim send $13 million around to, to different look, officials just to get what they want. The Senate leadership fund. Yeah. 
the Senate Leadership Fund or other super PACs or uh, political action committees or candidates or whatever it may be, they can just buy their way into politics. Like regular people can't do this. No. Workers can't do this. Even labor unions who are considered on par with super PACs can't do this. Regular people are only supposed to be able to donate up to $2,900 to individual right. campaigns, 5600 over the course of two years. Like Yeah. And then you can just obfuscate that. By donating to something like, again, the Senate Leadership Fund. Or like a super PAC where yeah. you can donate infinite amount of money. There's no regulations. And then if you're a corporation, you can also donate an infinite amount of money yes. because corporations are people. Thanks, Citizens United. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways. But with with Joe holding all these climate provisions hostage and cinema planting her feet with prescription drug prices, both of them opposing tax heights, what the fuck is left in this reconciliation bill? If we were to cave, what would be left? Child care? And college, community college. Uh, I don't even, I mean, because they'd probably make an argument against those two things too. Yeah, so like the bill's just not there with these two people. <laughs> That's the point for them. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. That's like actually the goal. But like broadly, there, there's got to be something to stop these people. Like she's been six year terms, mm-hmm. unlimited um, there's no term limits, yeah. incumbent advantage. There's nothing to hold these people accountable. There's got to be some way to get them out of the office like midterm. No, I'm I mean, sorry. I, I mean, I don't know if different states have like recall provisions for senators. I mean, because, you know, you yeah. do a vote of no confidence, like, but that doesn't really mean anything. It just means we're not going to like the Arizona Democrats aren't going to support Kirsten Sinema right. in her reelection, which nobody should anyway. But here's the thing. Like if Joe Manchin, for some reason, had to step out of his position, the Republican governor of West Virginia will just appoint a Republican senator to fill in for his term. Yeah. So uh, some of that is different. Like I know specifically in Arizona, if Kristen Sinema were to step down from her position, they would have to appoint a same party candidate. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I, I, I got to believe it's not like that in West Virginia. Yeah. I got to believe that's a pretty unique thing because that's a little too democratic. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And I don't know. I, I know that there's a, um, I don't know if it's a super PAC or just a regular PAC that is formed called like the um, primary cinema organization or something <laughs> and all they're doing is just focusing on getting donations to donate to whoever runs against her in the democratic primary in 24 that's hard yeah it's hard but, but sad like short like short term you can't do anything to her because it's three more years of this shit right it's until 2024 she yeah. can literally do whatever she wants yeah. and meanwhile her partner from arizona mark kelly has to get reelected in 2022 yeah he also fucking sucks by the way but he's not, just not as bad. Not nearly as bad as not these as people. Not as bad. Yeah, no, like he has to get reelected. And I can only believe that she is just destroying Mark <laughs> Kelly's chances of getting reelected in the oh, state. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Because people are going to have such a bad taste in their mouth, not only from Kirsten Cinema, just but from like the broad level of inaction from Democrats across the country. Yeah, the absolutely zero campaign promises delivered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, he's taken away more than he has given from his promises. Actually, he said, mm, stay in Mexico. <laughs> classic kamala harris do not come do not come um anyways we can moving on but still kind of related topic uh talking about the reconciliation bill and cnn also released another putrid article that says democrats are in a political crisis you think you think <laughs> yeah you would think um in a recent article from cnn new pollings found that americans don't think that the infrastructure legislation so both bills together will have anything to do with changing their actual lives so, a quote from the article. One in four voters said that the passage of the two bills will make their families better off. Only one in four. One in three, about 32%, said that the bill passed would make their family worse off. And 43% said that things would remain the same. 
And it's like it's like the thing with that is I can totally see where they're coming from. Right, exactly. Like the tradition the infrastructure bill that has already passed. Roads, bridges, and rails. Well, past the Senate. Past the Senate. <laughs> has not you, passed yeah, generally. You know what I mean? Past the Senate that will go through if the reconciliation goes through. Yeah. Like, you know, the political process, you know mm-hmm. how it goes. That bill, like traditional infrastructure, that's only going to implicitly help your life get better because that is the bare minimum. Right. All that really means for you is that there are less potholes, less expenses repairing your car. Right. Cleaner air, cleaner water, hopefully. Exactly. (laughs) In places that are like already well to do. (laughs) But that's the traditional infrastructure bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reconciliation bill is the one that's actually going to help people Mm -hmm. and actually help future generations. Two years of free community college. Materially help you. That saves like hundreds of thousands of dollars in the long run in student loan debt, like individually. Mm -hmm. Like that will only help you. Child care, that will only help you. Lower prescription drug prices, that will literally make your life better, like instantly. Lower prescription drug prices, which Kirsten Cinema opposes. Yeah, which (laughs) will probably not happen because of her. Right. Uh, So uh, there seems to be like a clear disconnect between legislation being proposed and like actual public opinion about it yeah at least according to this poll but other polling has found a little bit of different results so a poll from the morning consult reports that 77 percent of democrats 52 percent of independents and 37 percent of republicans back the package and that's talking about just the regular infrastructure deal that's a large majority which is a large majority of support it's almost like that's not being represented in the senate in our representative democracy, our republic, if you will. Yeah, you would. <laughs> that That is the line of thinking that, you know, one rational being might go down. Wow. Um, the Hill found back in September that 56% of registered voters support the plan, with the support breakdown being along party lines, of course. So just a general 56% yeah. support the plans. And then a poll from Quinnipiac found that 57% of the country supports the reconciliation bill. Wow. Yeah. So, so like, these, these plans have large support. But it seems like people don't actually think it's going to help them. Yeah. Which is just like confidence in government and actual political leadership has severely eroded. And like, yeah, I can't blame them. And it's just the breakdown of politics into parties. Yeah. Not ideological stances. It's party stances. Yeah. The same Quinnipiac poll where 57 percent of the country supports the reconciliation bill also found that 46 percent of Americans said that they would rather have the Republican Party in control of the House. Well, Why? I don't know. It's because, you know what it is? It's their fucking government class. It's the fucking stupid shit pushed in their high school government class about checks and balances and how like, oh, we need to split government because that's more democratic. We have checks and balances. The Republicans need to check what the Democrats are doing to make sure that their proposals aren't too radical. It's You're getting in the way of helping people. I'll, yeah, I think it's that. And I also think some of it is that so much of the focus has been on how Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin are stopping the entire process, which is true. Yeah. But also, not a single Republican will vote for either of these plans. It's, well, okay, some Republicans yeah. voted in the Senate for the infrastructure deal, but not a single will actually vote for the reconciliation bill, which we've said is the thing that's actually going to help you. It's the same thing that happened with the um, third stimulus package. Yeah. The one under Joe Biden. Yeah. Not a single Republican voted for and it. And then they said, like, don't worry, $2,000 checks are coming to your doors. Yeah, thanks you to guys the Senate. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Was like Chuck Grassley, I think, was the one who said, like, don't worry, Iowans, money is coming, even though he bro, voted no. Bro doesn't know what's going on. He probably thinks he voted yes. <laughs> Bro's actually a pile of bones. <laughs> thinks he voted yes. He's just there. Yeah. And side note, <laughs> it's funny how Republican voters don't like these bills. Like, there's still like a percent of the Republican Party that don't like this mm-hmm. legislation, even though the programs for the poor will be most effective <laughs> in their states. Yeah. 
like no, in Republican dominated, like a state like West Virginia, which is Republican dominated, or like I don't know Texas, which is Republican dominated, only because hugely. of gerrymandering. But still, yeah, they'd benefit hugely from childcare. Right, they'd benefit hugely from the opportunity to get a free associate's degree. Yeah, like oh my God. yeah, like in in orders of magnitude, it would help them more than a lot of like blue states that also, already offer a lot of public programs. The free community college thing that also extends to trade school, doesn't it? There's I like don't know. Maybe that'd be cool. Provisions in there or some shit, or maybe yeah. there was going to be, but that probably got gutted by now. Yeah. So it, the polling seems to have identified a kind of a strange dynamic where people support the plans generally, but don't think it'll help them in a very substantive way, which is like a, it's how? very strange times. How? I don't know. How do you? The cognitive dissonance there. It's like how does that happen? It's literally the breakdown into party, parties. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, like. A lot of people talk about polarization and how awful it is when I, I really don't think that polarization is the core of the problem Yeah. because I don't really think that things are that polarized in the sense that people have competing ideologies. I think mm-hmm. that the polarization is really just manufactured. It's parties. Right. It's party polarization. It's not ideological polarization right, exactly. because like, you hear working class rhetoric on both sides. Because just like the, the percentages I talked about, a lot of people like the infrastructure reconciliation deal. Yeah. Like when it is explained to them and actually laid out and not just called like the $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, when it's explained like child tax credit free community college, Mm. provisions for climate change. Like, people like those things. Yeah. Generally, people think like, oh, well, you're going to help me get paid more? Like, that's a good thing. Or you're going to help me have more money money in my pocket at the end of the month? That's a good thing. But then all of this rhetoric comes in, and the media does not help because it panders to people like Joe Manchin. Yeah. And then people stop supporting these plans or think that they're bad or like a socialist, like Democrats are like introducing socialist legislation. Like, Uh it's... Like, everyone's mind is just fucking broken at this point. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Republicans called Joe Manchin a socialist a couple months ago. You know what I mean? Probably. Like, I'm sure they did. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure they did. Yeah. It, once again, we see that the Democratic Party is not nearly as popular as the policies it proposes. Like, I mean, we saw this oh, yeah. dynamic in the 2020 election, how Joe Biden lost Florida, but a $15 wage passed with major- super majority support. Yeah. I mean, the Democratic Party just fucking sucks, though. Like, yeah. Look at their figureheads, Joe Manchin. I mean, not Joe Manchin, Joe Biden. No, Joe Manchin, kind of. Joe Manchin is a figurehead right now, like Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. He's a old. He's fucking old. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like... Isn't it like half of all senators are like above 60? Or half of all people in Congress are above 60? So, like, if you're old enough to have thrown rocks at the Little Rock Nine, you shouldn't be there. Oh, my God. <laughs> you should not be there. If you're old enough to have protested against the civil rights movement. Yeah. And you yeah. did do so. And you did because Bernie Sanders is the only one that has pictures of him protesting in favor of civil rights. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out. Exactly. Exactly. Like the the Democratic. OK, I guess this isn't news, but like Democratic advertising and campaigning has always been bad, yeah. <laughs> at least in our <laughs> lifetime. It's never actually been effective. Like the Republican fear mongering is a, they do it a lot better, not because they're necessarily better at doing it, but because it's a lot easier. So much. easier. It, it's so much easier to just like scare people into submission. Uh-huh. But when it comes to these democratic policies, like we can't agree on things as simple as like a $15 minimum wage, something that would actually improve people's lives. Yeah. And then that just causes a lot of people to tune out. Like I was, I was listening to Chapo Trap House on the way over okay. here. Okay. Had to get my talking points ready. Naturally. Um, and they were talking about how when it comes to like liberal, moderate Democrats, a lot of them propose plans that are just like fucking insanely complex for no reason. Like tax oh my deferred God, bank accounts. Like nobody let's, knows what that means. Means testing, but let's means test the means test. Let's get yeah. all this fucking stupid or shit. Thrown tax into advantage the bill. savings account it's set all, up for once you turn seventy five. It's like, all masturbatory. 
Right. None That's of it, it. None of it matters. None of it actually appeals to anybody that cares. It's all fluff to fill their resume whenever they like run for re-election again. Yeah. And people just immediately tune out because you're not talking about things that can actually substantially improve the material conditions that they're exposed to. And they'll talk about shit in such an overly academic way. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's always that I'm holier than thou. Yeah. No dick jokes coming from Joe Biden. When in reality, all of the politicians that like we elect or people that are just in Congress, like they know barely more than we do. Look at Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. <laughs> You're telling me that she got elected to serve Georgia in the House of Representatives, but she somehow knows more than us or is more yeah. equipped to deal with these issues? Chuck Grassley doesn't know what he ate for breakfast. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> like Nancy Pelosi can't string together a coherent sentence. Bro, Chuck Grassley can't remember to take his pills. Exactly. <laughs> Like these people don't know anything and it's it's not even just Democrats, but it's like the Republican Party too. like these people are so stupid. <laughs> Literally, dude, I forgot that Nancy Pelosi is like 80 years old. Yeah. Is he like 80 on the dot? Yeah, something like that. My God. And like, I don't know, delivering for the working class, even in this very small way when it comes to the reconciliation package, I guess. I, it it doesn't even seem like, according to this polling, that it's enough to win the next election. It's not. Like, it's, not. it's, it's something that's very important. Like it is like in in terms of uh, actually helping people before Republicans take control again, it is like vital. The Democrats have yeah. to do this or nothing's going to pass for the next 10 years, especially with gerrymandering. But it doesn't seem like the messaging is there and the confidence in the in the public eye is there to the point where actually passing legislation that helps people is even enough to win elections at this point. Not at all. You know, and maybe it's always maybe it's been this way for as long as we've been alive. But like yeah, that's yeah. It's just how it is. You know what? Maybe what helped. Maybe what helped. Hmm. The fifteen dollar minimum wage, maybe. But you know who stood in the way of that as well? Uh, oh. <laughs> big thumbs down for those for those down. listening to the audio version. I just did the Kirsten Cinema thumbs down and smile. <laughs> <laughs> right at the camera. Look yeah. right at the C-SPAN camera. Yeah, these these policies are widely wildly popular. But Congress politicians and the processes that are used to create them are not very popular. I think Congress yeah. Congress usually has an approval rating of like uh like seventeen percent. Rightfully <laughs> generally. so. Rightfully so. They fucking suck. Right. And it like and it faintly reminds me of like all the defund the police rhetoric, how people would always like, oh, the name's really bad. Like you need to change the mm -hmm. name. It intimidates people, but then they would say the policy's good, but then do nothing to advocate for the policy. Yeah. Like that's what these moderate Democrats are doing. Like it's a good name. They're like, it's a good idea, but we shouldn't be doing this. Literally what Obama did. Yeah. It's literally what Obama came on to do. He's mm -hmm. like, Well, I agree that we need to demilitarize and defang the police a little bit, but the, it's a little harsh. The movement's a little harsh. Literally it makes white shut people up. feel bad. I don't care. I don't feel bad. And this applies to like the reconciliation bill too, because when we're talking about like business owners, capitalists, it's always framed like, oh, this is going to hurt small businesses. No. I mean, even if it did, <laughs> yeah. whatever, but no, it's not going to because the, all of this legislation is aimed at attacking corporations and redistributing the wealth that they take from us yes. to regular people. Yes. And small businesses by and large are not going to be hurt by that. No. But even if they were delivering it for regular people, that's fucking fine. Small businesses aren't really going to be hurt by a higher corporate tax rate. No. I'm sorry. They're not. Small business owners aren't really going to be hurt by increasing their income tax. And even then, like the corporate tax rate isn't really going to do that much to actually attack corporations because they'll find ways to dodge it anyway. Yeah. A flat or not a flat, but like a, a progressive corporate tax rate is not going to do a ton. But going after wealthy people. And the income that they make is going to do a ton because yeah. they have like infinite amounts It'll be of money. Fantastic, but like even that, Joe Manchin says we shouldn't do it. Yeah, because yeah. we have to remain competitive. Yeah, remember, and Kirsten Cinema said not at all.
we will not do it at all. <laughs> yeah, not even a little bit. Not even a small marginal yeah. increase. Nothing so at all. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw over the next few weeks, or even just like this week, um, the reconciliation bills announced to become smaller. <laughs> um, especially because, like we talked about last week, Joe Manchin, or not Joe Manchin, but Joe Biden had said that progressives should start expecting a smaller package. And I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of it all, we saw a package that was on par with just the regular infrastructure deal. Or just the regular infrastructure deal. Right, yeah. With maybe some childcare thrown in there, but yeah. probably not. Yeah, like it's going to it's gonna be small either way. And it's the dynamic, like I mentioned earlier with the uh, port workers, where politicians are being demanded that they do something, right? The ones uh-huh. that actually listen to their voters, which isn't many of them, but ones that are at least in, in general, the public is demanding that the government does something. But while they have to appear neutral for the public so that they can attempt to, you know, get reelected in the next election, they also have to protect capital. Yeah. Because that is what the state functions to do. Naturally. And, you know. It was built to do. Yeah. And, you know, after the section, you may be feeling kind of bad. You know, you may be feeling a little bit sad. But just remember mm-hmm. that workers around the country are rising up against this kind of dynamic and exactly. demanding more and better working conditions. Strikes are successful right now. Yeah. And ultimately, that's it's a good thing. Like, not everything is doom and gloom. Facts. Don't trust your politicians. Still vote, though. Still vote, um, yeah. <laughs> damage control a little bit. <laughs> Don't take Donald Trump's advice. Still vote. Um, <laughs> Unless you're a Republican. Yeah, and you know what? Together, on the, on the Head in the Office podcast, yeah. we can work towards a better world. Exactly. How about that? How's that for a sales pitch? That's a, that's a good pitch. And yeah. on that note, good episode, everybody. Good episode. Yeah, you know, we thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week whenever you're listening to this. We hope you can resist capitalism along with us. Yeah, come on. We hope that you can radicalize some friends with the knowledge that we have bestowed upon to you. Exactly. Um, take freely. Take some of my talking points. It's an open IP. Yeah, exactly. You can you can clip us, post us, just tag us in it. Whatever clip you want to do. Post us, tag your uncle in it, tag your racist stepdad in it. Exactly. Do something. Or you can like clip up all like the suspicious things that Gage just said and just cancel them. <laughs> oh yeah, wait a minute. Hold on a second now. <laughs> clip uh, up all my dick jokes. Exactly. Before we go, we gotta spend a, send a special thanks to the people that support us on Patreon. Special. So special thanks to Cricket Scrapbook Layouts, Nikki Nine Lives, Kidden Croft, Terrence Nicholson, Chris the Ooh. Postman, Luke Harris, Christy Beck, and my mom for supporting the show on Patreon. If you, dear listener, want to be shouted out among this elite crew, you just got to go to Patreon. Simple. Check us out. It's and you'll also get the episodes early. You can watch the full video version of this nice. whenever we put it up. It's it's a win-win for everybody, in my you know, opinion. Get a little bit more relevant news, even though somehow we still miss stuff that happens earlier in the week. Yeah. You and, know, and you can be sure that even though your politicians may be accepting four hundred thousand dollars from coal and gas, we won't be. Yeah, we, we are only accept grassroots funds. <laughs> that. <laughs> that is so. You know, your money is being well spent when it goes directly into the pod. Exactly, because we're just using it to further radicalize other people. And on that note, have a great week, everybody. All right, y'all. <laughs>